short rounds. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Unknown Soldiers podcast. I am your host, James Hauser, and I hope it's just the right weather wherever you are. So today's short round concerns a topic that's been semi-present in the last two episodes, but I decided to give a bit more attention to, and that is war elephants, the use of elephants in battle, what I will occasionally refer to as big tanky boys. Now, everyone has some image of war elephants in their heads, and if I know my audience, it might be the Oliphants from the Lord of the Rings movies. Putting aside that the war beasts from Return of the King were much, much bigger than any elephant that has ever lived, people at least know that they played some role in warfare. There's also a stereotype that they looked impressive but weren't actually very useful. But how common they were, how long they served, and how they were used, well, I think all that might surprise you. So this is just going to be a very general review of the use of war elephants worldwide throughout history, from the very beginnings to almost the present day. Not going to go into too much detail on any one conflict, just trying to show how broadly and how often these big leathery fellows have been on the battlefield. Depending on who's listening to this, there's a decent chance that war elephants have been used in your lifetime. As always, this is not just history but military history, there's some dark and bloody stuff going on. Podcast is PG-13, language is clean, content is not. All my sources are on my website, unknownsoldierspodcast.com, so if you want to fact check me, feel free to do so. Finally, any errors, mispronunciations, or mistakes are my own. I'm trying to be entertaining, but all the information I'm giving you is accurate to the best of my knowledge. This was a real story with real animals who don't deserve to be unknown soldiers. Let's meet our leathery friends. Elephants are big animals. They are the largest land animals in the world today, and they don't have to be cartoonishly outsized creatures like the Oliphant from Lord of the Rings to be physically intimidating. The Indian elephant usually measures around 6 to 10 feet high at the shoulder and weighs between 2 to 5 tons. They are some of the most intelligent non-primate animals, which explains why they are surprisingly easy to train. By all accounts, they are extremely sweet creatures, capable of enormous affection for their humans, and will generally avoid danger rather than, you know, go attack somebody. They even have some humanish rituals, such as honoring the bones of their dead. Elephants have a reputation as gentle giants. But that would be a dangerous thing to assume. Elephants can be remarkably dangerous. A pachyderm in action is a blur of leathery motion, surprisingly quick and coordinated. It is pretty darn easy for an elephant to kill someone. The trunk is extremely muscular. The elephant uses its weight and head and tusks in an athletic combination and does its absolute best to bring its foe to the ground and pulverize it until the threat is gone, gone, gone. Male elephants in heat, what is called a must, are just about as dangerous as any animal on earth. The elephant's obvious intelligence and its enormous potential for violence coincide to make it one of the only animals humans have really weaponized. The horse hasn't been weaponized. The horse is just a vehicle for a man with a weapon. But the elephant is a weapon. So There are three species of elephant. They are the African bush elephant, which is the big boy with the large ears that lives mostly in sub-Saharan Africa. That's the one you usually see as an image for what an elephant is. Then there's the African forest elephant, smaller but closely related, also in Africa. And the Asian elephant, which has a very wide range across India and Southeast Asia. These species are all endangered today, but they were once much more widespread all over Africa and Asia. 
An extinct subspecies of elephant used to inhabit North Africa. And the Asian elephants used to live in the Middle East as well as China, but are extinct in those areas now. Elephant taming and the use of elephants in war definitely originated in India. This was for a few reasons. First, the Indian elephant population appears to have just been extremely large and close to the centers of human population. Second, the Indian species of elephant, the Asian elephant, is by all accounts the easiest to tame. The African forest elephants are supposedly harder to control for whatever reason, and the African bush elephants are apparently completely untamable. Like, there's no hope for that. The now-extinct North African elephants were apparently about as tameable as the Asian elephants, though we sadly have no way of knowing that anymore. They're all gone. There is some evidence that people were capturing and taming elephants extremely early on in human history. The Bronze Age Indus Valley Civilization, which existed in modern-day Pakistan at about the same time as ancient Old Kingdom Egypt and Mesopotamia, created carvings and images of the elephant. We have harder evidence, much more clear evidence, of the taming of elephants in ancient Indian texts like the Vedas, but the epic Mahabharata gives us our first real description of elephants being used as weapons of war. This was in an age when the chariot was still the preferred method of fighting with horses, so people may have been riding elephants into battle before they rode horses. Entirely likely. So you may be wondering, right, about the mechanics involved. How did people capture these elephants? Did people raise and domesticate elephants like horses or dogs? Well, no. Unlike the horse or the dog, humans have never used selective breeding over time to build a stronger type of elephant. There's a weird distinction here. Elephants have been tamed in history, thousands of them, but they've never been domesticated. We can teach and train elephants. We've never been able to mold them the way we somehow turn, say, wolves into poodles. And I'm sure the elephants are very grateful for that. Can you imagine what we'd have done to elephants if we started breeding them? Uh, dachshund elephants, pit bull elephants, poodle elephants, pug elephants. That's kind of terrifying. No, pretty much every war elephant was captured in the wild. In part, this is because elephants are hard to raise. They can live 70 to 80 years, and female elephants only bear one calf in their entire lives. It takes a lot of resources to feed and raise elephants, and elephants raised in captivity lost a lot of that wonderful aggressiveness that people wanted in a war elephant. So elephants were captured from the wild just out of sheer convenience. According to Kautilya's Arthashastra, the ancient Indian text on diplomacy and war, the optimum age for a war elephant was 40. 30 was considered too young. So yeah, a lot of these elephants could live and serve as war machines for a very long time. They probably outlived most of their human owners. Capturing elephants was not easy. These are big, dangerous animals that do not want to hear your essential oil sales pitch. You have to think, too, that some idiot was the first one to try. Like, some, some guy was the first one who was like, Hey, y'all, you know those big, dangerous animals over there that killed Bob last week? What if we tried to capture one? This is, this is how you know alcohol was invented before elephants were tamed, because that sounds like something a drunk person would do. You're like, hey, y'all, watch this. And somehow we have war elephants hundreds of years later. One method for capturing elephants was to dig a big ditch around a certain area, place a female elephant that happened to be in heat in the middle of this area, and wait till some Romeos trying to say, hey, girl, walked into the trap. Then the Indians would block off that little escape route and slowly subdue them, usually through uh, starvation or just wait until they got too weak and then going in there and slapping a saddle on them. Let's get these guys tamed. 
The second method involved, again, luring them with the promise of a hot date, but then trying to throw ropes on them and trap them. This was amazingly dangerous, since elephants are super duper strong, and they would mess you up pretty hard if you screwed up. It took a while to train elephants. The elephant is naturally a peaceful and mild creature, capable of enormous violence, but not really inclined to it. They just haven't played enough violent video games. An untrained elephant going into battle would just say nope and piss off in some other direction, because why wouldn't they? Imagine some poor elephant a week out of the bush with some crazy ape on his back telling him to go into that line of other crazy apes with sharp pointy objects. Elephant is going to say nope, knock yourself out, but I'm not doing that, and he's going to take his leathery butt somewhere else. But the training sounds like it was pretty... uh unpleasant. Uh, like a war horse, an elephant had to be trained both to resist pain and to ignore the sounds of battle. An elephant would be tied up and harassed with noise and sharp objects just poked over and over until it got used to loud noise and pain. Like a basic trainee in the modern military, but with less inherent depression. Some trainers would slaughter animals in front of the elephants to get them used to the sight of blood. Seriously, this happened in the 1400s in Sri Lanka. The, the elephant tamers in Sri Lanka would just like cut an animal open and show up to the elephant. Like, look, look at this. Blood. Lots of, lots of gore. Less horribly, elephants learned words of command and maneuvers. Cotelia describes elephants being trained to climb obstacles, attack fortresses, and fight other elephants. An elephant driver was called a mahout, and he controlled his beast with a series of verbal commands, prods, and touches. The mahout usually had a very close bond with their animal, and the animals could go berserk if their driver was killed. Indian mahouts were some of the most in-demand employees in the ancient world, and even Carthage and Rome, thousands of miles away from India, would aggressively send out recruiting parties east to try and bring back Indian elephant drivers for their big tanky boys. So how was an elephant used once it was trained? Well, one big factor was morale. Like I've said, elephants are big, dangerous animals. So a large force of elephants charging towards you could have any army asking for their brown pants. The smell of elephants was also alarming to horses that had never encountered them before. In the Greek king Pyrrhus of Epirus' first battle against Rome at Heraclea in 280 BC, the Greek king's elephants scared the Roman cavalry off due to the smell, and then they scared the Roman infantry off because it's an enormous animal coming to kill you. But the elephant also functioned to some degree as the ancient world's version of a tank. It was sent in to break up an enemy infantry formation. The elephants could only do so much damage on their own, but by breaking up the cohesion of that infantry line, they could, they could disrupt it and open up gaps for friendly infantry to exploit their attack. And if the elephants broke through, they could inflict massive losses on an enemy formation. There's a well-documented phenomenon from World War II called tank panic, where soldiers facing tanks, seemingly unstoppable armored vehicles, basically freaked out and panicked and lost all discipline. I could imagine the same thing happening to soldiers seeing their comrades get trampled or gored by war elephants. Elephants could also be used to destroy enemy fortifications. This was particularly useful in India, which had fewer large stone walls than in Europe or the Middle East. Elephants could ram down castle gates or low barricades with their foreheads, given enough time. An elephant as a battering ram was one of the main ways for ancient medieval Indian generals to capture a fortress. So lots of old Indian fortresses had spikes on their doors and gates for this exact reason. I imagine the rate of head injuries in ancient medieval Indian war elephants was only slightly above that of the modern NFL. Finally, elephants were useful as a platform. 
From the time of Chandragupta Maurya onwards, Indian generals tended to be mounted on elephants, since it gave them a vantage point to observe the battlefield and also served as a symbol of their power. Elephants were also firing platforms, with one or more archers or missile troops on the elephant's back firing down at the men below. Later on, people even fired muskets or small cannons from the backs of war elephants. To facilitate this method of fighting, there was a seat-slash-saddle on the elephant's back known as a howdah. Noblemen and kings would obviously have elaborate, fancy howdahs, almost thrones, on the backs of their beasts. In some cases, soldiers put towers on the backs of their elephants to raise that vantage point even more. Elephants were also painted or covered in cloth as a means of decoration. Kind of like how World War II pilots painted their planes, people painted their elephants. Elephants did sometimes wear armor, though this seems to have been very situational and people did it for any reason or no reason at all. Armored elephants were much more common in the Mediterranean than in India. Now, elephants weren't always used in combat, even when they were used in war. The elephant is a very useful worker and is capable of pulling or handling a heavy load. Especially in India, elephants were used in siege warfare to help assemble siege weapons and fortifications. Even when gunpowder weapons started to be used, elephants were super handy for transporting large cannons. Babur, the first ruler of the Mughal Empire in India, claimed that two or three elephants could transport a cannon that it took 500 men to move. Even the British Army had a trained elephant corps for transporting artillery in India well into the 19th century. The point here is that elephants were extremely useful in warfare for lots of reasons, as a command post, for their morale and psychological factor, as heavy attack weapons, as siege weapons, and as transportation. While war elephants kind of have a bad reputation as volatile, difficult animals to use, that's not really true. A lot of this reputation seems to come from the fact that elephants could panic and cause damages to their own troops if they panic too quickly. But most cases where this seems to have happened seem to have been particularly badly trained elephants. Like some of Pierce's elephants were not up to the standard of other elephants of the time. Same thing with Hannibal's elephants at the Battle of Zama in 202 BC. Both of which panicked and caused damage to their own side. But both of these groups of elephants seem to have been pretty below average in terms of their training and discipline. Like any weapon, they were extremely effective if they were used correctly. The evidence for this point of view is that whenever any country had access to war elephants and the conditions were right, they never hesitated to use them. Elephants were most common in India, and the kingdoms and empires of India always had just straight-up fleets of big tanky boys. These were massive, stupid huge numbers of elephants. According to the Greek diplomat Megasthenes, Chandragupta Maurya had 9,000 elephants in his stables, and an entire bureau of his military was set up just to run the elephant units. The four-part infantry-cavalry-chariot-elephant combo was the Indian order of battle for most of the BC era. Indians used fleets of war elephants into the medieval and early modern periods, and like I mentioned, even the British used elephants when they took over India. Elephants were always present in Indian armies right up until the 20th century. The first Western force to encounter war elephants was the Macedonian army of Alexander the Great. Though they did encounter a few elephants during, their con during Alexander's conquest of the Persian Empire, they really fought elephants for the first time in a major battle in 326 BC at the Battle of the Hydaspes during Alexander's invasion of India. It turned out to be one of Alexander's toughest battles, and he had to invent some tactics on the fly to deal with the big tanky boys. 
he brought at least a few of them back with him to Babylon, and from that point on, the Western world was using elephants in warfare. The golden age of war elephants in the Mediterranean world was from Alexander's death in 323 BC to probably around the time of Julius Caesar, 44 BC. Any empire worth its salt used large numbers of elephants. After Alexander died, all of his generals and family members and friends, known as the Diadochi or successors, fought a bunch of big wars to try and take over his empire. These wars always featured large numbers of war elephants, often on both sides, and these were mostly Indian elephants. Seleucus I, one of the most powerful Diadochi, received 500 Indian war elephants in his peace treaty with the Indian emperor Chandragupta Maurya, and these elephants turned the tide in the decisive battle of Ipsus in 301 BC. Both sides had elephants at this battle, but Seleucus's Indian elephants he'd gotten from Chandragupta were much better trained and far more numerous. They turned the tide. The original crop of Western war elephants did come from India, but the Diadochi king of Egypt, Ptolemy I, decided to source his elephants locally. He contracted with the rulers of Aksum up the Nile in what is now Sudan to provide him with some African forest elephants. These animals were harder to train and tame than their Indian counterparts, and they were never quite as effective in battle. This was explicitly spelled out by the Greek historian Polybius when he described the Battle of Raphia in 217 BC, where Indian war elephants met African war elephants. A few only of Ptolemy's elephants ventured too close with those of the enemy, and now the men in the towers on the backs of these beasts made a gallant fight of it, striking with their pikes at close quarters and wounding each other, while the elephants themselves fought still better, putting forth their whole strength in meeting forehead to forehead. With their tusks firmly interlocked, they shove with all their might, each trying to force the other to give ground, until the one who proves strongest pushes aside the other's trunk, and then, when he has once made him turn and has him in the flank, he gores him with his tusks as a bull does with his horns. Most of Ptolemy's elephants, however, decline the combat, as is the habit of African elephants, for unable to stand the smell and the trumpeting of the Indian elephants, and terrified also by their great size and strength, they at once turn tail and take to flight before they get near them. The Romans first encountered war elephants in the hands of two of their greatest opponents, the Greek king Pyrrhus of Epirus and the Carthaginian general Hannibal Barca. Pyrrhus's elephants had been a gift from his father-in-law Ptolemy, so they were the African forest elephants. This may explain why their discipline was often so bad, such as when his elephants panicked at Beneventum in 275 BC. But of course, the most famous elephants of the ancient world belonged to the Carthaginian general Hannibal Barca, who crossed the Alps to attack Rome. These elephants played a major part in Hannibal's first battle at the Trebia River, but most of them died in the harsh winter that followed. Carthage's war elephants seem to have been the now extinct North African elephant, a subspecies of the African bush elephant, but unlike the bush elephant, they seem to have been very tameable and almost as effective as Asian elephants. All these foes fighting with elephants caused the Romans to get very creative with anti-elephant tactics. At the Battle of Asculum in 279 BC against Pyrrhus of Epirus, they built anti-elephant carts with all these little pole arms and fire weapons to try and frighten their enemy's animals, but those fire carts didn't work. When the Romans fought Hannibal at Zama in 202 BC, Hannibal's elephants were newly recruited and poorly trained. Knowing this, the Roman general Scipio had his infantry create paths for the elephants when they attacked, 
like grouping together to leave gaps between their lines. Without the years of training and violence and discipline that war elephants required, Hannibal's inexperienced animals just ran through the gaps and they played no real part in the rest of the battle. One source has the Romans, in one battle, setting pigs on fire and setting them loose to terrify enemy elephants and send them running. Which, yeah, I bet that worked. If you think about it, a flaming pig will scare off pretty much anything. You can use that for lots of stuff. Muggers, bullies, door-to-door -door salesmen. A flaming pig is a solution for lots of problems. But the Romans weren't averse to using big tanky boys themselves. Rome used elephants whenever it could get them, almost always the North African breed, especially in wars against the Diadochi kings and the conquest of Greece in the Near East. The last major battle in which Rome used a large number of elephants was in 46 BC at Thapsus, where one faction of a Roman civil war used them against another. Unfortunately for these guys, the other faction was led by Julius Caesar and the side with the elephants lost. But after this, Europe stopped using big tanky boys on a large scale. This was partly because Rome's new conquests were in places like France or Germany, places where elephants just weren't useful due to the climate and the nature of their enemies. But it was also because the Romans had to ruin everything by driving the North African elephant into extinction. There is no wild elephant population in North Africa today, and you can blame this on Rome. They didn't, weren't just kidnapping them for war, they were also kidnapping them for the circus. And Rome was, if anything, not really concerned about uh, ecological conservation. Rome didn't stop using war elephants because they weren't useful. They stopped because they ran out. We still do see one or handfuls of elephants being used well into the medieval period. Uh, I would note... The Roman Emperor Claudius used one elephant as his mount during his invasion of Britain in 43 AD. Charlemagne, the great Frankish king, had an elephant delivered to him by the Arab Caliph Harun al-Rashid, and he used it in campaigns against the Saxons. And Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II used at least one war elephant in his campaigns in Italy in the 1200s AD. But you can see, these are ones and twos. These aren't fleets of war elephants. But even if the Europeans weren't using fleets of war elephants, the Indians still were. Various empires in Persia also continued to use them, including against the Romans in the 200s and 300s AD. The Sasanian Persian Empire used them against the Muslim conquest in the 600s AD. Even China got in on the action a few times during the 900s, but the Chinese by and large never used large numbers of elephants because there just weren't enough of them around. But elephants remain most useful in war for the longest time in Southeast Asia. The kingdoms of modern-day Myanmar or Burma, Thailand, Indonesia, Laos, Vietnam, and Cambodia use large numbers of war elephants throughout their history, well up to the 19th century, and even against the European invasions of the late 19th century. Like British redcoats show up and these, the Thai and Burmese kings have war elephants. One of the most famous incidents in the history of Thailand is the legendary elephant duel. In this story that may or may not have happened, King Nare Swan of Thailand fought the Burmese prince Ningyi Swa in an epic man-on-elephant versus man-on-elephant joust until Nare Swan killed his opponent. Now, there are like 10 different versions of this battle in the, in the historical records, most of which have, do not mention this thing at all. The version that does mention it is the official royal account of Thailand, and they are serious about promoting this version. It is literally illegal in Thailand to question the story of the elephant duel. It is one of the central important parts of the Thailand story and mythology. 
I'm not joking. It is illegal. A professor named Sulak Sivaraska was freaking arrested in 2014 for publicly doubting whether the elephant duel took place. Believe it or not, straight to jail. Though he was later pardoned, be forewarned. If you go to Thailand, don't deny the elephant duel. I know it's the first thing you want to do. I know it's the first thing everyone wants to do when they go to Thailand. But apparently they take that pretty darn seriously. So, elephants were effective in warfare. Anyone who had the chance to use them in numbers did, and kept doing so for as long as possible. So, why aren't they used anymore? First, the rise of gunpowder made them less effective on the battlefield. A big tanky boy, no matter how awesome, was no match for an iron cannonball, and weapons have only got more destructive against large targets since then. So the places where elephants were still being used as combat animals, India and Southeast Asia, gradually phased them out from combat roles when field artillery became a thing. Even then, elephants were still used very often in a labor capacity, in a support capacity. Even in World War II, British and Japanese armies operating the dense jungles of Burma, they both used elephants to transport supplies, clear obstacles, and haul artillery. So yeah, elephants were still being used for military purposes in World War II. But of course, another reason that people stopped using elephants was that elephants became endangered. Their habitats were being destroyed by forest clearing and people hunted them for their ivory rather than to use them in war. Rather than turning the gentle beasts into weapons of war, people saw them as eating their crops as a nuisance or as, a, as an economic source to be exploited. So in the modern day, we're less concerned about how to train and tame elephants, but more about how to protect them. And I'm all for that. Save the elephants. That's, that's, what, that's my official stance on elephants. Uh, animals going extinct is bad. Save the elephants. But when were the last elephants used in warfare? Do you know elephants were used in the Vietnam War? The North Vietnamese used them to transport weapons and supplies down the Ho Chi Minh Trail, and, sadly, American and South Vietnamese troops started targeting every elephant they saw as a potential North Vietnamese animal, with tragic results. There was also at least one attempt by United States Special Forces to try and use an elephant in labor capacity. They were going to try to uh, para-drop an elephant um, into a Special Forces base and use it there. This did not work. Uh... The problem was the elephant refused to be hooked up to the parachute because, of, of of course, and they had to sedate the elephant, but it didn't work out that way either. And so there's just this whole farcical story that is really its own short round of how United States Special Forces tried to para-drop an elephant in the 1960s. I think there was a Disney movie made about that. It was called Operation Dumbo Drop. I don't think anybody saw it because no one knew what the heck they were talking about. But this is a real thing that almost happened. It's probably good for that elephant they did not try to do that. But yeah, so the Vietnam War was the last confirmed use of elephants in warfare. Last confirmed. I have found unsubstantiated reports that the Iraqi army of Saddam Hussein used an elephant to transport artillery in 1987 during the Iran-Iraq War. Now, I have not been able to find the source for this story. Every source I found, including Wikipedia, several articles, they all reference each other. They don't reference wherever the story originally came from. So I cannot confirm this. But it wouldn't surprise me. There's a possibility that war elephants were used in your lifetime, even if you're about my age. And they might be used again. Wouldn't be the weirdest thing to ever happen. Still, though, modern war sucks. I'm all for keeping our leathery friends out of it. 
you know, put the, keep the elephants in the wildlife preserve, keep them in the zoo, keep them out of combat. Because if there's one group on this planet that doesn't deserve modern army chow, it's the big tanky boys. Thanks a bunch for listening today. If you don't donate to my book fund, donate to the World Wildlife Fund and help save the elephants. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about it. If you don't, tell your enemies. Just stay away from the men when they're in must. Check my website at unknownsoldierspodcast.com for all today's sources and some additional commentary, including a short write-up on the famous elephant duel in my 365 Days of History. I have a short little article about it. I am always on Facebook or on Twitter at UNKSoldiersPod, or email me at unknownsoldierspodcast at gmail.com. I always appreciate feedback and commentary, even if it's just kind words. I'm not perfect, so if you got advice, I'd love to hear it. And thanks for sticking around. Get excited for next week because the next series is beginning. See you then on Unknown Soldiers.